And as we race uh, hurriedly towards the 95th Academy Awards, welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike, one co-host also. Mike is here as well, and we are joined again, a third co-host, a special guest on one of our favorite yearly conversations that we have for you guys here today. Yeah, we're going to talk to Senior Artisans Editor at Variety uh, and the co-host of Variety's Awards Circuit Podcast, Jazz Tanke. Uh, she is one of the very best moderators, interviewers in the business. She proved it yet again by emceeing one of uh, our favorite events on the calendar, the Artisans Awards at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival that got that you guys should watch on yeah. YouTube, by the way. That's, that is a lot of fun. She does... I mean, we're going to talk about it. She does uh, nine interviews and then a big panel. We and... go crazy for one interview. She does nine at once. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> so she she's awesome as, as a moderator and MC. And then uh, she wrote so much this year. I uh, The quantity of quality work that yeah. Jazz wrote this year, Michael, it's always fun to follow her in real time because we're learning about this stuff and it colors a lot of our reviews. It's important to read Jazz Tanke on Variety uh, all year round, guys. But in this particular episode prep, I've never had so much for reference stuff for you, for me, and it was just so much fun going back and rereading all of these details on all of these movies that she just relishes you know, every second of uh, of writing about it. It's so obvious in her writing, Mike, that she just loves what she's doing. Yeah, uh, that's very true. And she is one of the best in the business, like you said. And uh, we're grateful and thankful to her to fit us in. I mean, we, we do have these guests on uh, all year. And, you know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy for us, but it is crazier for the people in the trades right now. So our, we could not be more thankful and grateful to Jazz for fitting us into her busy schedule. A wonderful conversation on deck for you. All things artisans, all things technical categories. One of our favorite Oscars conversations of the years. Jazz Tanke of Variety. Uh, enjoy it, guys. We will see you on the other side. All right, joining us once again on the line, our buddy from Variety, Jazz Tanke. Jazz, thank you so much for fitting us into your busy, busy schedule this year. Oh my gosh, no worries. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. It's really been a year since I've been on, right? It's crazy. <laughs> this has just become a, one of our favorite shows every year, though, Jazz, because you know, you're know you covering these artisans categories like nobody else. I mean, you got the, the section of Variety uh, right now you got the artisans awards and congratulations on those by the way mike and i mm -hmm. we had so much fun watching that show on youtube and uh we can only imagine the prep you must have done because this was such a herculean hosting effort by you you emceed you know nine interviews and then the huge panel so <laughs> jazz we'd love to know more about you know how the artisans awards have grown over the years and and how the hell do you approach hosting uh on the night um, oh my gosh. So Artisans was something that I took on when I joined Variety. It was uh, the then editor-in-chief, Claudia Ella's baby. Um, and when I joined, I, you know, the Artisans Awards, so I joined in November 2019. And um, 
you know, that's around the time that you start looking at who's going to be, you know, on this panel. And we try to align it with, you know, with who's being talked about in the Oscars race. So it is potluck, really. Um, but that first year, it was like, okay, so here's the panelists. So I kind of just had to show up that for 2020. And then lo and behold, the pandemic happens. But um, so since then, you know, it's like you're watching every film, you know, you're mm. paying attention to like the prognosticators and who's picking what and you get a sense of stuff. And the idea is to to really not repeat, you know, panelists and really so that you can showcase the different artisans. So like, you know, Ruth Carter was in the race this year. Diane Warren is in the race every year. And it's like, okay, we can't keep having Diane Warren mm -hmm. on, the, on, the, on the panel <laughs> <laughs> for original songs. So we have like the nine, you know, the nine categories again, aligning with Oscars. So, you know, how putting that together. So let's just use this year as an example, like, you know, it's hard because you're, you're kind of like who, you're, you're, you know, you're highlighting the best and it, you know, it, a lot of it is working with Roger Derling at the Santa Barbara Film Festival and he is amazing. He's one of the best people to work with, the most fun. He's so stylish. And um, yeah, so we go through, you know, as you can imagine, everybody submits um, and it's hard. It's a really hard thing to do. Um, so yeah you know we will we'll have conversations back and forth and then we're off to the races as for like how we do it on the day I mm -hmm. try like my personal thing is I try to keep the day clear like I'll you know this year I had to do a zoom at 8 30 in the morning it was like okay I will do that from the hotel room but like I'll go down to the marquee and you know the Arlington theater we've actually just as far as how much this thing has grown it used to be at the libero theater which is which is the smaller one mm. now we're at the main theater in santa barbara so it's such a huge like wow this thing has grown um and yeah it's like you know you have to remember that say for example Catherine martin who we gave the costume design award to this year like i've spoken to her so much for elvis and we've done like a million interviews but you always have to remember like this is the first time some of these people are hearing her speak. So you have to take it back to like, what don't people know? And then you can have some fun with it. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, a lot of work because you're emceeing that for like 90 minutes at least. Mm. I think mm. this year we went two hours because it was so much fun. And, you know, you, you have to read the room too. It's like, okay, if people are getting bored, just like wind this down like now. But people right. love it. Like, you know, there's a lot of students there too. There's a lot of academy members. So, um, you know, you go and, you know, you just have, it's really, it's fun. Like the artisans are so much fun and that's why I love them. But, yeah. And you've talked to, to so many prolific artisans over the years and, and interviewed both in print and in person, uh, like the panel. Is yeah. there anything, this may be more of a nebulous question and I, I may be asking for for. The answer may be no is what I'm trying to say, but yeah. is there anything that you find that differentiates maybe their thought process for how they approach Academy voting or nomination voting versus, say, someone in the acting branch or in the directing branch? I mean, I think they the one thing I've I hear from them a lot is they, you know, 
a lot of the time when they're on the circuit too, right? Let's not forget that they're on mm-hmm. out there as much as talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, what are you watching? What are you loving? And there are times where they're like, I haven't seen anything, but believe me, they will sit down and they will all of a sudden it's like, so I watched this, 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 and this, this. So there's, you know, for them, it's really, a, they, they want to celebrate. You know, they really want to celebrate the crafts. Um, mm. And that's the thing that I, I, you know, you get from them. And it's, there's a lot of love for, you know, there's just so much love, I think. And, and you're really working the circuit like crazy. I, I, we said it in the pre-show, the quantity of quality work is tremendous. And this was one yeah. of our bigger preps of the year for this episode, just because of the amount of work you did. And one of the one of our favorite reports, and we were raising our fists in the air when you got the exclusive, was Bill Kramer telling you about the 95th Oscars presenting all 23 this year. So this, this must have been particularly satisfying for you as a journalist, but also as such a champion of these artists. And, and, and we hope Kramer knew this. So could you talk about that report and, and you know, what this, what this means to you presenting all 23 this year, no more golden hour, golden shower, whatever the hell that was, (laughs) it's gone. We got them all again. I have to say, so this is going to be Bill Kramer's first Oscars. Um, Mm -hmm. He was appointed last summer. He is one of the best. Like he is the absolute best, and I worship at his temple. Um, <laughs> because as CEO of the Academy, like you know, he understands filmmaking. Like he understands. He loves it. He loves what goes into it, and that means he loves the artisans. So, you know what you know one of the things that i i've spoken to him about was like what's gonna happen you know like last last year we had the situation where it they were dismissed and you know we we kept talking throughout the year um so when i got the call of like you know listen this is what's going to happen let's go with this story you know it was such an it was such a joy to hear that confirmed it's, you know, it wasn't about getting the scoop. It was like so many artisans were upset. They don't speak out, um, but, you know, everybody just wants to know what's happening. And for him to, like, be, like, kind of affirm his love for, you know, he grew up watching the Oscars. We all did, right? We remember when they did, like, those little numbers around costume design and so on. And, like, when he said that, it was, like, it wasn't, a victory for like I said I did it wasn't about the scoop it was about you as artisans or the people that I speak to throughout the year like you are being recognized and you are being celebrated as much as this you know the best actress as much as the best picture as much as the best actor um so it was such a joyful thing to do and like I said I worship at Bill Kramer's temple I hope he stays CEO um of the academy forever because he loved he really is committed to celebrating the artisans and he wants to have a show that does that so i really can't wait to see what he does or what they do next week 
what about yourself being the expert in this in these categories and now they are back on the main show as as I think they should be but there is that balance of how do you make the presentation you know how do you make this three and a half hour program exciting for casual viewers rather than just having people up there handing out awards I mean we've had they've done this in the past you you've mentioned one thing where they had kind of a, the show of the costumes we've had Ben Stiller dressed up as the Navi from Avatar. We've had Melissa McCarthy wearing pieces from every Navi. Like, is there anything specific that you have in mind that you think can make the presentation more appealing to casual viewers? Is there anything you're hoping to see from the presentation of these categories in the main show? Is there anything that can kind of appeal more to, to bring in casual viewers or satisfy casual viewers? Well, I think this year they've got this gift where they have, like, RRR, which is, you know, or rather Natu Natu, which is nominated for Best Original Song. Like, the original song performances this year are going to be kind of amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, you've got Rihanna. You've got, you know, the the Natu Natu team. You have Stephanie Shu performing with, you know, with Son Lux. So, you know, I think that's going to be fun. I, you also have, like, Best Pitch, you know, the biggest films of the year, like, nominated and everything everywhere all at once is is loved you've got top gun whether that goes home empty-handed or not we'll see um so yeah i'm kind of just looking forward to seeing the original songs being performed Mm. um and just seeing like how they pay tribute to like the best or how they pay homage to like the best pictures and seeing what other surprises they have in store um Mm. because you know the academy likes their surprises (laughs) for sure I think we might be set up for a lot of surprises this year with the way these races are going forward. And I'd, I'd love to dive into a few categories with you, if we could here. Makeup and hairstyling, that seems like one of your sweet spots. So that seems like one of the, the categories you particularly relish uh, to write about and cover. Uh, this year you had so many fun discoveries uh, to tell us. Camille Friend, she uses a concoction of glue and hairspray to style hair underwater in Wakanda forever. I can't believe that. You have All Quiet using tooth decay and their soldiers to show the passage of time. And then my co-host is going to ask you all about the whale in a minute, but I was just astounded by some of the details in what you wrote about regarding the whale. So, look, I don't want to put like past Oscar winners on blast here. Like we, We've also often seen makeup and hair connected to an acting performance and sometimes that's good sometimes I, I'd argue against you know some of those connections but I think this is like a fun year to bring this up because all five nominees are kind of awesome they're not kind of awesome they are awesome this year so it's a polite time to bring up the question of how educated you think the the academy voter is overall in the makeup and hairstyling styling category in particular do you think this has been improving over the years it's certainly been a mission of yours with many events like the artisans awards and you said a lot of academy members were there do you think they're finally grasping how creative how how great they are as problem solvers these storytellers these artists really are yeah, no, I do, 100%. And I think that goes to show, like, you know, while the guild that knows, you know, what goes into transformations, I think the the wider, you know, the wider Academy voters mm. appreciate a good transformation. And, like, we can look at last year where Jessica Chastain's team won um, mm. for... Uh, Tammy Faye, yeah. Tammy, Tammy Faye, the yeah. eyes of Tammy Faye, yeah. 
Um, and I think we're going to see it again this year with transformations, uh, you know, and you, you can go back through history. So I think they, you know, they're definitely aware of it. And I feel like, you know, all these stories that are being done now about like, oh, how somebody transformed for this role or like even something that like contemporary makeup that you might not even think much of that, you know, like, like that's still is a story that you're telling and we we appreciate it. But I, I still feel they lean into the, somebody sat in a makeup chair for four hours or somebody has very subtle, you know, prosthetics and it's amazing. And the, I mean, the, that's the historical way of doing the, the at least traditionally how we think of Hollywood makeup, right? The, the eight hour, six hour process of somebody sitting in a chair and yet, we have technology kind of seeping its way into the trades now, too. Adrian Moreau did the hair and makeup for The Whale. You reported on this. He first used a 3D printing and LiDAR scans of Brendan Fraser's face to help them cast and, and make the prosthetics. And they reprinted his suit fresh every day for the 45-day production. I'm just wondering, like, when you talk to these hair and makeup artisans, is is that the area where you find technology has most kind of seeped its way into the Hollywood process for the artisan categories? Is it in the hair and makeup? Is 3D printing something that's commonplace that we wouldn't even think about, even though it's a relatively new technology to like lay folk like us? It's being done across the board. It's being done in costume. It's being done in makeup. It's being wow. done in um, visual effects. So like, yeah, it, it's becoming more and more, um, yeah, it, it's more and more being used in the field to construct, you know, these different, I, I think as, as techniques grow, or printing technology like advances, like you, we're gonna see it more and more. Ruth Carter used it in Black Panther, she used it in Wakanda Forever, Guillermo del Toro used it, Marcel the Shell. So it's like, there are so, we could go through like half of the films and they've all touched it somewhere. Is that like the most technologically advanced, I guess, process that you've come across? Or is there even something more that you've, you've seen start to seep its way in as far as technology and new technology for the artisan categories? I mean, I think aside from 3D printing, there's also like what what's going on in the world of, you know, and we saw that in Avatar, The Way of Water, mm. um, you know, underwater motion capture. Cap stuff, is, yeah. You know, like that has completely you know avatar the way of water you know that that design is phenomenal and i think that's going to change the way we see water uh animated on screen moving forward um so yeah i think it's it's it definitely in visual effects as far as like what we can do now mm. um with water with water tanks we also saw it in wakanda forever too um so yeah, it's what we what we're doing with with water scenes, um, and three uh, D printing, and you know, with, with those water scenes, actors still have to learn how to hold their breath underwater. But you know, it it looks ama- it it's looking amazing. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm always. I'm always reticent to, to ask uh, all our guests to just hey predict the category because it's kind of a cheap question. But I I really don't know what's going to happen in makeup and hair. Maybe VFX seems 
to go uh, towards Avatar in this instance, at least that's, that's what Las Vegas keeps telling me. But Jazz, I mean, this could go any which way in, in, in makeup and hair. Do you have uh, a read on the race? Do you think it'll go to the whale or perhaps Elvis? Uh, they've won more precursors than the than the rest, perhaps. Even though Black Panthers won a won a Mua and and we got a great competition here. So who do you think who's winning? Okay, it's a brilliant race. I mean, I do have Elvis to mm-hmm. win, just because. And it it's you know, I mean, how do you pick? All Quiet on the Western Front, Wakanda Forever, The Batman, mm-hmm. The Whale, Elvis, but. I think, as you said, you know, it won the precursor. I think people are, are so impressed by Austin Butler's transformation and the, the work that team did. Because, you know, if you've seen the film, like, he does have very, it's very subtle prosthetics to, like, mm. change his jaw shape or, like, his nose. But by the end, when he's playing, you know, Unchained Melody, the you know, and he's... Elvis, you know, towards the end of his life, um, you're watching that scene and the edit where it goes to real Elvis and you're like, and you suddenly, like your brain suddenly registers that that is no longer Austin Butler. Like, I think that scene and that transformation right there is like, whoa. Hmm. It it is quite powerful. I I agree with that. It's one of the lasting images from that movie. I think that transition is like one of the this is the this is like such a great showcase of the craft but you know it could go the whale's way and brendan wins or it could go elvis and who i mean like you said who knows like this year's oscars is is so fun because it's gonna go, it could go anyway true enough and that's a, a sore spot for my wallet for gambling purposes, but uh, well, that, that's my burden to carry, I guess. Let's get into costume design a little bit and staying on the topic of Elvis. It's, uh, you mentioned Catherine Martin. She did a wonderful job, obviously, with the with the costumes, but you reported that she had uh, as many as 90 different costumes for Austin Butler on set. I mean, yep. this may be my lack of knowledge about the craft, but that's insane. This, I mean, is, is 90 costumes <laughs> for a blockbuster like that commonplace? No, I mean, I don't think so at all like it's because i think obviously he span the 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 movie spans like the 50s through to the 70s and you're like that's not a lot of time Mm. but it also is but then you're also thinking of elvis's career and they capture all of that and then she said something like you know they built they had like nine thousand costumes overall and you're like stop holy crap jeez and then it's like, yeah. And then we built the set of Beale Street and all that mo- that entire movie in Australia. And I was like, okay, my jaw is on the floor. I'm just going to pick it up because I was like, wait, you didn't build Graceland or like whatever. And I'm like, no, no, that was all built in Australia. It's wild to, to hear stories about that when you, especially when you think they're on location. Uh, and Jazz, look, we we've been really positive thus far, and I, I do, I do hate to vacillate sometimes, but I, I am wondering, I am wondering how the hell BAFTA could have snubbed Ruth Carter in costume design yet again. And and to my knowledge, she's never been nominated there, even though she's got four Oscar noms, six Costume Designers Guild noms on her resume. So, resume. So this is nuts. 
nobody's covered Ruth Carter like you, and we're especially grateful for that here because we're such big fans of hers. Yeah. Mike and I both had like rewatch series before we even had a podcast on on Spike Lee's filmography, etc. Uh, when we were in college, and, and and we're just looking for some hope about BAFTA here because I'll just put it this way: we're worried about BAFTA jazz. We know you're a member, and I meant to ask you in the pre-show, but are you a member of any of the juries or chapters? I don't even know if you could say that. I mean, you should be. I mean, how the hell are they not seeking mm-hmm. you out if you're not? But what what do you what do you make of their nomination process at BAFTA, and how the hell could Ruth not get get tabbed there? I don't know why she didn't land like you know i don't i need to speak to more bafta members i guess as Mm. to like you know what um you know what land to them for costume design right um yeah i i don't know like i can't um say but then you know you look at Albert Wolski, who's a le- who also is the titan of the field of Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, despite everything surrounding that film, it, you know, the costumes were great. But yes, I still don't know how they, right. how they didn't, but they, they love a good period costume film. If you look at their nominations, you know, this year it was like Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm-hmm. You know, Babylon, which All Quiet, just to go to All Quiet for a moment, like, clearly they loved that film. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, how the hell? I don't know. Um, (laughs) But then, you know, you fast forward to at the time of, you know, recording, like, Monday night's Costume Designer Guild Awards, and she didn't win there. So it's like, oh, okay. But Ruth, Ruth is, you know, she doesn't need... Ruth Carter, costume designer, Ruth Carter before her. Like, that's her, you know, she is, she's just Ruth B. Carter, and that's it. We know who she is. We know her face. She's certainly a badass, and yet she still is one of the (laughs) frontrunners in the category. Uh, Black Panther and Elvis, according to Vegas lately anyway, uh, are the frontrunners. They share the same odds here. Uh, as far as who will win this category, we hate to put you on on blast, but we did it once, and you answered it so eloquently, and you were nice enough to to kind of predict. So, who do you think wins this category, Jess? I think Catherine Martin. I I she's won everything so far. Um, I think Catherine wins. There's no way, or as I call her now, because like apparently, like those close to her get to call her CM. Um, <laughs> will she go two for two and win production design with uh, her co-production designer Karen mm-hmm. Murphy? I don't know. Given Babylon has won everywhere, mm-hmm. um, who knows? Like that is definitely like that could go either way. But I think costume is pretty much Catherine's to win or to lose. It is fascinating how the Academy could sometimes, you know, especially with a double nominee, but in that case, but perhaps they give credit here and they don't give credit to the same movie in another category. And yet the disciplines are definitely overlapping, I would say. And Mike's got a similar question for you in a minute. Mine is uh, moving to cinematography, Claudio Miranda. And I was wondering where they would give like Top Gun 
credit for the just jaw-dropping visuals. And I, I guess the critics were were wondering the same thing because all year the critics were saying Claudio Miranda of Top Gun, he is the front runner in cinematography, and then he gets snubbed despite the Artisans Awards bump, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm wondering how the heck you think that might have happened in cinematography this year. I do not know. The only <laughs> thing I know is that um, I, it's like we all thought the Claudio the Claudio narrative was there. But then I started hearing that like Roger Deakins, you know, mm. Empire of Light loved, right? And if you think about it, there wasn't that much chatter on the film, right? Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought it was exquisitely shot, but like people didn't like the story. And I was like, ah, okay. And so when we were approaching like nomination voting, it's like I'm not going to be surprised if Deakins gets in. I I honestly thought, you know, Claudia would get in and then Bardo shows up and All Quiet shows up. And I was like, oh, wait, what just happened? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> where, so where do we award Top Gun if it doesn't get cinematography? And where will, where will we give it? I mean, it won the MPSC Golden Reel Award last weekend. Mm -hmm. um, does it get sound and is that all it goes away with? Like, does Gaga win the whole my hand? Like, I don't know. And it's crazy to think that it could go home with nothing. Or, you know, who knows? It gets best picture and we're all like tearing up our <laughs> you know, yeah. throwing away our betting slips and be like, but I thought everything everywhere should have won. <laughs> I think there would be a riot on film Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Film Twitter will explode. Right. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Like what, what, what does it win? Right. Like what does one of the biggest films of the year, that experience of being in a movie theater after, you know, not after the pandemic, but whatever, you know, whatever we're calling it, you know, seeing that with an audience for the first time, um yeah who knows like who knows well along the lines of top gun and, and part of this the allure of its cinematography was how many you know unique and and, and insane visuals we had because of where the camera was mm -hmm. placed i mean you're in the fighter right. jet you're alongside it uh we had cameras in all sorts of places this year all throughout film i'm just wondering was there a shot or a camera movement or a particular scene from a film that kind of stuck with you what did you think had just personally was a cinematography feat that you were most attracted to i mean it's got to be i mean that that opening that claudio did in top gun maverick that just calls back to the original right, right? like what's yeah. to the first i mean i I started watching Top Gun a couple of weeks ago and it was like, let me just see. And I saw the, that opening and you hear like the score and it's like, I can't watch this. I'm too emotional. Like it's so perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that really. This, this category is, uh, it's nuts this year. The fact that he got snubbed and the fact that it opened it up to everybody else, I would say uh, is, is again, a better's nightmare, but uh, an audience member's, uh, you know, happy place because we get to watch an unpredictable category. James Friend, perhaps he took the lead for All Quiet on the Western Front. 
after the BAFTA. Uh, we're still waiting on the ASC, which he cannot win. That could be Hoffmeister from Tar. Uh, excuse me, uh, Hoffmeister, Hoffmeister is not in there. So the ASC's got to go Mandy Walker, Roger Deakins, or Darius Kanji from Elvis, Empire of Light, or Bardo. So I'll have to ask you again here, Jazz. Do you think the ASC gives one of those three a boost, or do you think Hoffmeister or James Friend of All Quiet, they they wind up with the Oscar in cinematography? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm worried. I don't know if worried. All Quiet on the Western Front, like, could could get it, right? Mm. Um, because of that BAFTA boost. I mean, my narrative that I would so love to see is after 95 years, Yes, a woman win for cinematography. Like, there's only been three women nominated ever mm-hmm. for the Oscar. No woman has won at ASC, which is this Sunday. And it's like, this is, this is a, such a great narrative. Mandy Walker's an incredible cinematographer. Like, you know, you look down her body of work and mm-hmm. she's loved, you know, but is that enough? Will that, you know, she won the Australian, you know, cinematography award in December and she shattered like a glass ceiling by winning, mm-hmm. by becoming a person there. So like, I hope, like, that'd be such a great, like there were so many great stories this year and I think hers would be so brilliant. Um, so I hope ASC does it. I hope the Academy does it. Otherwise, you know, it just becomes like, okay, all quiet one, tar mm-hmm. wins, whatever. Um, and then we have another year where like you're writing the same story of like, who's going to be the first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We have a question asking you to fix the all the misogyny and uh, equality issues in these <laughs> artisan categories at the end oh, for you. Man. So that's coming. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned Mandy Walker and moving into production design. I, I need you to help me out, and who better to ask than this? Because I've always had so much trouble finding the line between where production design begins and cinematography ends and vice versa. And Elvis is kind of a perfect example of why I have this issue. And it's nominated, obviously, in both categories. But you brought to light, and you've talked about it here, how uh, Mandy Walker constructed the set at the Vegas showroom for that movie. But she's the DP. And I traditionally think of DPs as, you know, the ones moving the camera or staging the shots and the blocking and the lighting, etc. And the designers themselves being the ones constructing the actual sets and I mean, that's not the case here. Where do do those two categories and those two aspects of filmmaking separate themselves? Like, what is in your definition, other than just one's behind the camera and one sets the stage, where can you help me parse through what is production design and what is director of photography? Well, production design, well, the thing with Elvis is like, it's Baz Luhrmann's vision right at Mm -hmm. the end of the day and it's always the director's vision like how do you deliver that but he brings everybody in super early for the pre you know the previs process um so it it, it's always that it's always been a collaboration between costume production cinematography and in this case when you're recreating let's use the 98 the 1968 special for Elvis right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. They recreated that. It's the it's called train spotting, where they recreate that shot for shot, and that meant like Catherine Martin 
had to get that exact, you know, leather jumpsuit down. But then Mandy Walker had to get the shots frame for frame. Um, you know, she also had to get the lighting. So, like, she's working with with CM in that set that CM builds within the stage of, like, we need lights here so Baz can get this, sh- so I can get the shot so that we can recreate this for Baz. Like, I think that's probably, that is probably the best example of, like, our camera's got to be here. And literally, if you play them side by side, like, you can't like there is not there's not like film twitter can't be like oh there's a mistake there Mm. because there isn't like it is pitch perfect it's a pitch perfect recreation of that special Mm. um so it's very much you know it's it's not where does one end and one where does one begin it's very much like no they all have to work together they're not working separately um and as you know like you know costume design and production design you know you can't put they've got to work together because and even cinematography because it's like say they want to light the set red and the set is red and the costume's red like all you're going to see is just the face so like mm-hmm. they can't be <laughs> right. individuals of like where does how do we separate? Like it's always, and no matter what film you're talking about, no matter who who you speak with, everybody says like we collaborated. So when you're sitting in a, when you sit and watch Elvis in the theater, and you see something like the '68 special being shown, in your head is because you're so in depth with the, you know, into the the artisan world. Are you picking out? this was a great job here. This was a great cinematography uh, shot. This is a great movement of the camera here. This was a great production design there. Or do you just kind of take it all in in one shot and then parse it out in your brain afterwards? Um, sometimes there are films where you're just like, holy crap, like that's so amazing. And then sometimes I'm able to like watch a film and just enjoy it. And then afterwards I'll be like, oh, okay. I thought this, this, and this was really good. So it, it depends on the film. Thank you again, Jazz, for, for such a great conversation here. we got a couple more questions to just finish up. And uh, I you, you mentioned it earlier uh, with uh, with original song, perhaps going back to Gaga. I, I know you're a huge fan. <laughs> you're one of our, our favorite monsters. And, and I know that's a loving <laughs> term. Uh, they scare us. They do. I'm not going to lie. But... <laughs> I, I've always thought this this song category could go back to her, but then people are dancing in the aisles all season to Natu Natu. We have Rihanna on the Super Bowl halftime performance, and maybe she gets, you know, maybe she gets a backlash for that. Good, good God, or maybe she gets a boost. I'm not sure. We have everything everywhere. Do we have a coattails win? David Byrne at, and San Lux. She just honored him at the Artisans Awards. Or, like, I mean, look, Top Gun, that whole score is a gaga melody uh, from the Hold My Hand song, and that crescendo at the end of the film with the actual song is an incredible way to to work it in and, and pay it off. I, I loved it. 
So it's it's really hard to parse through original song this year. We've gotten some great surprises in the past. Her being perhaps the most recent example of a, of a long shot from Judas and the Black Messiah, at least a long shot in Vegas, that is, winning the category. So not to, not to, as much as it's beloved, I, I wonder if it's safe. It's such a great category. And I didn't even mention Diane Warren, who won the SCL a couple weeks ago. It might just be... Dare I say it? Her time, Jazz? Who who the how do you break down original song for us? Uh it, it's a great category. I mean, how do you, right? Like Natu Natu is really loved, right? Like mm-hmm. just in popular culture and voters. I mean, Rihanna did not sing Lift Me Up at the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? So it was mm. like the biggest stage. That's not a criticism. It's like I still think that elevated her no matter what um you know it put her on on the radar how many people tune in to watch the super bowl like a hundred million people so like academy voters are probably watching the super bowl and halftime show um so yeah i i don't know i mean yeah does it like i said earlier does it go back to does gaga win i mean as of now the biggest question surrounding her is is she going to be able to get out of joker too and perform like has she been rehearsing secretly i don't know and it goes back to the academy are they keeping the secret till show day like does gaga show up you know i don't know but um you know hold my hand got radio airplay over the summer um you know it she also performed it on in concert um I don't know how many Academy voters got to go to, to, to the concert, though. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, I have Natu Natu to win. Um, but, you know, the monster in me would be like, I'd love to see Gaga win again. Um, because it is a beautiful song. Like, it's not just a, the song is played at the end, right? Like, it is right. Hans Zimmer worked his score to incorporate the cues from hold my hand throughout the film so like you hear elements of it and it's like okay they really love like it, it makes it all the more beautiful when it does play so yeah i don't know i mean where do we go with this right i don't know if diane warren does win like i, I feel like she got her honorary oscar i mean yeah. who's you know how big is that song i mean the academy clearly love they love her because I remember when she was nominated, everyone was like, But have you seen the film, like movie? Like, do you know the song? And it's like, <laughs> doesn't matter. Like, Diane Warren is, took that fifth slot. So be quiet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we ask you the difficult question of predicting original songs so we can end on we the love. E- you can end on the easy question of asking you to fix all the industry ills uh, to wrap up here. And like Mike said, we cannot thank you enough and, and thanks a lot for joining us once again. But we'll get you out of here on, on this. And I'm sorry in advance. It's kind of a long winded setup, but exposure for just how meticulous, creative and hyper vigilant the artisans are. I don't think it's ever fully appreciated. Uh, even by movie fans, much less casual fans of the Oscars and stuff. I mean, we see All Quiet on the Western Front, but nobody really knows how much mixing of fake mud it takes to properly stain the teeth, right? We see Austin Mm. Butler and Elvis, and we think, oh, it's crazy how they found a robe like that. They must have just got it off the rack at Elvis R Us. We don't think about the 9,000 costumes that are made ahead of time. 
when you have, I mean, not only does the Oscars obviously present this chance to celebrate the artisans, but it also is kind of supposed to be this platform where you can highlight industry ills. And when you have a backlash like Oscars So White from obviously five or six years ago, where all the acting categories, there was a major underrepresentation of equality and diversity, it was all white people. That's been going on forever in the artisan categories, and you kind of made mention of it. Toni Morrison being the first female cinematographer ever nominated back in 2018. Mandy Walker Rachel this year. Rachel Morrison. Or, I'm sorry, Rachel, Toni Morrison. Yeah, Rachel Morrison. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my brain. I, swap, I apologize. Uh, Mandy Walker is only the third ever this year. Uh, we've only ever had two black DPs ever nominated in that category. Maya Neal and Jamika Wilson, the first black women nominated in hair and makeup just two years ago. What is, if anything, is there anything that can be done to kind of portray the artisans on a greater, a grander stage, I guess, to have these issues come more to the forefront? Because you can find a billion Oscars pundits talking about the Oscar so white controversy. But when you have the same ills plaguing these artisan categories, I feel like you have to be doing this for a day in, day out thing to ever even hear about it, much less address it or think about it. If you're a casual moviegoer, is there anything that you can think of or that you can point to that you're saying, look, this can be done to kind of bring these issues more to light and make them the bigger deal that they should be? I think it goes back to something that I heard the other day. It was like a lot of a lot of Academy voters don't really know the narrative that Angela Bassett has never won an Oscar or, you know, Ruth Carter is the first or was the first, you know, uh, black woman to win a, um, an Oscar for costume design in the, in the Academy's history or like Kate Blanchett has, has won X many Oscars and, Michelle Yeoh could be the first. Like a lot of the time that is just contained to film Twitter. Like, right. Like, and I think it's very easy and we do it every year, every day. And this is why like so many of us get our predictions wrong. Like we get sucked into the, the waves. Um, what could be done? I think, yeah. I mean, it's difficult because talent can speak up right, about issues that plague talent, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, oh, I like, I'm the first Asian here or whatever. The mm -hmm. thing with artisans is it's a different story of, you know, they might not get hired because, you know, oh, you spoke up about this. Um, so there's there's a trepidation, I think. Um, when it comes to telling those stories, to speaking up about their stories, like, yeah. you know, and we've covered it um, about like black hairstylists and the, the issues they face when it comes to styling hair on sets. Um, but, you know, when you're like, okay, let's talk about it. All of a sudden it's like, whoa. Right. Well, like even the visual effects artists, like the supervisors, like, you know, there's a whole thing going on there that's plaguing those those artists but you know very few want to go on the record to talk about it um you know and just to to really highlight that it's like i'm covering the saturday night live post-production uh negotiations mm -hmm. and it's like getting somebody to talk is very it's not easy 
So, you know, it's like that conversation is not, it's not going to change. It doesn't become easy for them to talk about the issues that plague them. So yeah, how do you, how do you fix it? You just raise awareness. Like somebody has to know that like, oh, this is a stat or this is an issue. And you keep telling those stories and hope people pay attention. That's a great answer, yeah. Jazz. We, we thank you for it. It's a great answer to it. Tough, almost impossible question. So thank you so much uh, for coming on today. We, we we really appreciate it. Yay, I love it. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's always a joy. I'm so glad we did it. Like, that's the main thing. We got it down. We found a day. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Especially, I was I was trying to tell you, I hope you stay sane in this uh, this last week. It's almost over. And, and We're again, almost there. Cannot We're thank you enough. There. Oh my gosh, no, thank you so much for having me on again. And I love it. And it's always a joy to to catch up with you both. Likewise. Uh, good luck for the, the remaining week. And I hope you find some downtime and some time to sleep in the interim. <laughs> sleep? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, my blood type during award season is like coffee. And like, I know I'm tired when I start. You know, Jazz is tired when you see her drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, that's it. Huh? So look for that. That's the tell. If I'm drinking water, I'm good. If I'm drinking a coke or coffee, coffee, like I'm drinking that coffee at like the award shows at like ten o'clock. You know, I'm tired. <laughs> home stretch, Jazz. Home stretch. We're almost out. We're almost, almost there. But I love it. You know, I, I love it. I love telling these stories. I love highlighting the artisans, and so I love being able to, and I love chatting with you. And thank you for celebrate them well thank you for doing what you do and uh, we'll keep reading and we'll keep talking in again one of our favorite conversations of the year thank you so much Jeff. thanks so much always take <laughs> care thanks, talk bye, soon bye cannot thank jazz enough our good buddy there over at variety uh the artisans editor uh, she's true i mean they hired a good one in her because she is a master at what she does and what she covers absolutely uh make sure you guys Make sure you guys read her work at Variety. Make sure you sign up for the newsletters. Uh, all, Variety's got a ton of newsletters, and if you want to get the Artisan's newsletter, you can do that to get her work emailed directly to you. Uh, you should definitely be following her on social media. She is at JazzT on Twitter, at JazzT21 on Instagram. And look, go check out the Artisan's Awards on YouTube. It is a it is a fun watch uh that that we pushed at the top of the show uh that definitely that definitely is is a highlight for us uh going forward in award seasons because it's yeah it's it's such a unique way to present and showcase uh uh these artists so uh, it's it's a different kind of award show because it's like just a series of interviewers so especially if you're cramming for like oscar noms and and, and trying to pick these (laughs) categories yeah. yeah i mean eight out of the nine were nominated this year mike so that was that was a great uh, bunch of picks by them yet again, and uh, and yeah, I, I hope uh, I hope my dog, who's snoring so loud, did not get on the show today. <laughs> I don't know if you guys were hearing some loud snoring or what uh, sounded like anything else. I don't know what, but she picked like uh, the, the worst lawnmower she, being started. She with is a getting the deepest sleep right now. What are the, those are called? REMs. She's getting them. I didn't hear. I heard her before we hit record. Like I told you, but I didn't hear. I haven't heard her in the interview. So I'm glad she's sleeping peacefully. Jazz wondering what the hell is going on. Is, <laughs> does he have a problem with flatulence? What the hell? I don't know. 
<laughs> anyway. Does he live next to an air conditioning company? <laughs> See, is he near a whoopee cushion factory? <laughs> what the hell is she doing? She, I mean, she's not even waking up. I'm, I'm talking loud. <laughs> I don't know how to transition out of that other than to thank Jazz. Think, let's, yeah, yeah, let's push our socials maybe, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no transition. Uh, guys, as always, we want to hear from you, your takes and thoughts on any of the artists and categories. And obviously anything we talked about with Jazz, who was gracious enough to fit us into her very, very busy schedule this year. Uh, do you have any thoughts about this interview, anything Jazz discussed, or any of the categories we discussed herein? You can leave us those, as always, on our social medias, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you may have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com, and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do here, if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so on those apps for us thus far. Michael, uh, Oscars week. It's, it's kind of here. It's here. Let us know uh, what's coming up and uh, what can they expect from us. And let's have some words of wisdom to end on. A couple more recordings, a couple more big specials, annual episodes that we love to do. I don't want to tell you exactly what they are because I'm afraid to jinx them. <laughs> because we've had a- yeah, the guests, the guess, I mean, we, you know, the double edged sword of talking to some of the highest profile editors and journalists in the industry is that, you know, we're lucky enough that they grace us with their presence, but we also are at the whims of their schedule during Oscars weekend. It has not been an easy one this year. Yeah, it's, it, it's, but I mean, they're still making time for us in the early yeah, right. morning. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, where they don't have to, where they do not have to. So, so we are thank, in their debt. Thank internal. you to all our guests. Uh, and uh, we certainly, I, we did have to reschedule one guest for later this month, one of our favorite guests, but that's kind of a programming thing too. I think we're going to have more fun talking to him about uh, box office later on, which he's covering the hell out of on his YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Eric Weber, by the way, I'll just mention it. So, uh, you know, shout out to Eric. He's, he's always cool to us. And uh, yeah, he's coming. Yeah. So we're going to, we'll talk to Eric Later in the month, big box office special there. But yeah, a couple other guests, and well, I don't know if we're doing an Oscars morning show. We've always have. Maybe we should. We got the Chris Rock special and the Indie Spirits. I was gonna say, I wish, I wish the Chris Rock special was coming out later, the day before the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That because would make... that would make the most sense news wise, uh-huh. and it would dominate Oscars morning, and it would give us something to talk about in the Oscars morning show. Right. So I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll I mean, it would just happens. be a week late to that. Or maybe it's just all Scream 6, like we've been saying all, all this time. It's just right. Scream right. 6 <laughs> the, the dominated Oscars morning, Oscars show, morning Scream show. 6 review. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know. We, words of wisdom. Follow jazz. But uh, I don't want to say what we have coming up because I'm afraid to jinx it. That's That's the weirdest outro ever from me. <laughs> my dog guys. is snoring still <laughs> our pets heads are falling yeah. off guys uh when reality sucks you can come talk about the artists and categories with the best in the business our thanks once again to jazz tanke uh how do i forget how we end i always forget how we end when we have a guest I, my bl- my brain just goes i almost called no, it my i think we right make there. awards my brain year just round, goes Mike. Is that it? Yeah, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness. Thank you, Mike. Thanks once again to Jazz. We will see you all very soon. See ya.